Are you ready? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Around the CFL podcast. Anthony here with you once again. Today we are talking BC Lions football. And who better to talk about that with than head coach and co-general manager of the BC Lions, Rick Campbell. We will be right back and we will get into our conversation with Coach Campbell. Today we have a very special opportunity to talk about a very dominant coaching career and a very impressive front office career too. He is a three-time Grey Cup champion and a 2015 Anastuckus Coach of the Year Award winner. He is the current head coach and co-general manager of the West Division powerhouse BC Lions. Coach Rick Campbell, welcome. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you for coming on. You betcha. So coming off of the winter meetings in Nashville, how did they go? It was good. Yeah, it was a good, um, it was a, a busy week down there. We, um, the head coaches were down there along with the, um, the CFL office and we had a, a booth set up at the coaches convention, which is thousands of football coaches, uh, mainly from the United States, some from Canada. And so it was good for the CFL to have a presence down there interacting with the, the greater football community. And then we had our CFL meetings after that. Are there any exciting changes coming up in 2024? Um, like as far as rules or those things? Yeah. Yeah, we that, nothing's decided at this meeting, more, more so ideas. We have a, I sit on the rules committee for the BC Lions and we have those meetings um, officially in March. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the one thing that was brought up or was discussed publicly was the kickoffs. And, um, you know, we want to try to keep kickoffs in the game and at the same time uh, be mindful of um, that kickoffs tend to be a more dangerous play in the game. So trying to strike that balance of keep, keeping kickoffs in at the same time, um, having player safety involved in, in the whole discussion. A lot of people always comment on the football operations cap. Is that something that you ever see going away or is that just going to be around forever? I mean, you never know for sure. I, I think, I think it's going to be around. Um, I think there's discussion on how much it should go up each year and, you know, you need to adjust for inflation and all those different things. So, um, you know, I, I'm not the one that makes these decisions. I, <laughs> I definitely see, I definitely see it going up year by year. I don't know if it's going to just, Totally go away, though. You're the co-general manager shared with Neil McAvoy. Is it difficult to split being the head coach and the general manager of a professional football team? Um, I don't think so in our case. I think each situation is unique. Um, uh, I know Neil doesn't want to be the coach. Um, and so, um, and he he's so smart and knows a lot about the CFL and the BC Lions and, and a lot on administration and contracts and all those things so I think we're pretty clear on on who's doing what so I think that's why it works and I think we're both in the same boat in that we just want to win so Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we really care who gets credit for what we just want to try to to put the BC Lions in a position to win and so I think if you have clearly defined roles and uh, you're pulling in the same direction then it's good and and we definitely have that going on. We have seen players like Nathan Rourke have tremendous seasons under you and this past season Matthew Betts as well with a lot of players in the CFL getting NFL attention and workouts how do you plan for these potential losses as not only a coach but a GM yeah I know it can be frustrating 
for everyone in the CFL, coaches, players, fans, if players leave for the NFL, but we actually have the attitude, if we're losing guys to the NFL, then it means we're doing something right. So if that if that's a problem for us, then that means that, uh, uh, that uh, something's good happening on our team. So, um, you know, like we, like we had always loved to see Nathan back in the CFL at the same time, we're all rooting for him, all our coaches, players, everybody, they, we want to see him get a legit NFL opportunity and have the best career he can have playing football. And whether that ends up in the NFL or if he comes back to the CFL, then, then great. Um, but that's going to be life of the CFL with, you know, the NFL, it's just a different amount of money. It's a different type of deal. So, um, we'll always, we'll always root for, for people to have success in football and if it ends up in the NFL, then so be it. True. And do you, do you see his brother making a CFL debut in the next couple of years? Yeah, he's a good football player. He's um, he spent time in our facility when he was still at Ohio. Cause he'd hang out with Nathan though. Cause Nathan lives here and his family lives here in the Vancouver area. So um, he's been around before. You know, he has a lot of those uh, Nathan characteristics and he's actually bigger than Nathan. So I know that would bother Nathan a little bit, but he's a little <laughs> bit taller, a little bit taller than Nathan. And uh, I know he's got one more year to go playing at Indiana this year. And so it'll be uh, excited to see where, where he ends up when he transitions to pro football. We've seen a lot of really big re-signings over the last week. There's been Keon Hatcher, Alexander Hollins, Javon Katoy. When do those conversations begin? Yeah, I mean, they could begin as soon as last season. You know, I mean, we're, you always are trying to work to re-sign guys. And we've been trying to make an effort to sign guys to more than a year contract so that every year we don't have so many guys coming up um, for free agency. So we did have a, a pool of guys that are free agents, but try to keep that that list at a minimum so that it's more manageable each year. So uh, we still have a few guys to go, but definitely good to have those guys sign and uh, commit. And those guys you talked about are all agreed to at least two-year contracts, sometimes three. So um, we're just trying to keep some continuity around here. It's good. It's good for our football team. It's good for our fan base. All those things to try to keep try to keep players in the the same city for more than a year is a good thing. Yeah, free agency is tough in the CFL. How, I mean, we just saw Dom Rimes go back out to Ottawa. How have you managed to keep a large part of your roster together year after year? Yeah, we have to make some tough choices. So there's going to always be a few guys that end up leaving. And um, again, if you have some success, if you're winning more than you're losing, it means you have good players and they're going to expect to get paid, which they should. And um, so when we're, you're operating under a salary cap, you're going to end up having to make make some decisions and, you know, some, there's always going to be a, a guy or two that end up having to leave just because it doesn't fit salary cap wise. So we just try to make, uh, make smart decisions and um, it's never, it's, it's never easy, but same thing. The thing I've learned in football is that if hard decisions are having to be made, that's good. If, if everything was easy and we didn't have enough good players, then that's not a good sign. If, if, if it gets down to where you're making tough decisions about good football players, um, it's not, you don't like doing it, but it's a, it's a good sign that you have some good players around. Yeah. And, you know, not only the salary cap, but also you have to deal with the ratios, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're pretty used to that. Um, but uh, that's always part of the plan is, is, um, is uh, 
you know, the, the amount of Americans and the amount of Canadians we have and the Canadian starters. So for us, for the people that have been around the CFL, you obviously keep track of that, but it, it becomes, uh, I don't know if the word second nature, but you're so used to dealing with it that uh, um, it makes things a little easier. So we always obviously have to keep that in mind about the number of Canadian starters we have and that we got enough guys to, to dress and um, same thing with the American guys. You know, and it's not only the, your roster that you've been able to keep together, but it's also your coaching staff. Everyone's coming back again for 2024. Do you take it as a compliment when coaches like Jordan Maximic and Ryan Phillips get talked about whenever there's head coaching vacancies around the league? Yeah. So again, if, you're, if your coaches are being talked about being promoted, obviously it's uh, it's uh, makes things more difficult. But again, it's a good sign if, if people view our coaches as 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 uh, as good as good coaches and they they want to promote them then again that's a good thing um i appreciate that the coaches want to come back uh we made a decision when i got here a couple of years ago we we did um lean towards the younger side we have a guy like jordan in his 30s and rp just turned 40 and um just try to be on the younger side and let some people grow into their roles and and um, we have guys on our staff that, uh, uh, men and women on our staff that, that fit that bill. And, um, so we just want to continue to let them grow and I'm, I'm glad they've bought in. We try to make it a good place to work. Um, and yeah, you just try to do the things you can to, it's a, it's a lot of competition between teams as far as retaining and getting coaches. And so we try to make it a good, good environment where people like to work here. And like I said, it helps to be on the younger side as there's uh, there's room for growth as far as uh, promotions go. And, you know, you talked about men and women on the staff. My my podcast is a big advocate on, you know, breaking barriers and women in football and growing it. How special is it having Coach Tanya on the staff? Yeah, she's good. She's what I thought she was going to be. Um, I think she's going to grow. The, the only thing that I could have seen stopping her was if she – decided that the coaching lifestyle wasn't for her, which happens to many people, men and women. It's, it's a little bit of a crazy lifestyle as far as the work hours and um, all the things that go with it, but she seems to really enjoy it. I think she's going to be around, uh, around for a long time. And um, it's, it's been fun to see her, um, see her grow. And the thing I like is she's become just one of our coaches which is, I mean, that is a compliment. It's not a, it's not Tanya, the woman, it's Tanya, the coach. And she just fits into our team and um, that's the way it should be. Yeah. She's amazing. And, you know, I love watching her journey through and she's been doing great. And she's, she's a role model for a lot of young girls that are trying to come up and do this. Yeah. She, you gotta be tough because you're dealing with, um, I mean, you're living literally in a, in a man you know, a male dominated, um, profession. So, you know, I just picture if I had a job and I was hanging out with a hundred women, um, mm -hmm. it would be fine, but it would be different, right. I'd be yeah. in a, a different thing. So I, you know, you're cognizant of those things, but, um, I think she's making it on merit and that she has value and, um, but good for her for toughing it out. Um, like I said, it would be, uh, it would be definitely different if you were the, we're the only one, but, um, yeah, I think, I think as the, as the weeks and years go by, hopefully we'll see, see more, uh, 
more women get involved being that they're half of the population. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and the league is doing the women in football program now, which is great. Um, so looking back onto free agency and we have the draft coming up, are there any key positions that you're looking at when it comes to both free agency and draft? Yeah. So we, um, we're going to see what's out there as far as veteran QBs. Um, we had Chase Bryce on our practice roster and we like him He's he, as a quarterback, but he's, he's new to the CFL as far as um, experience. And so we'll look into that. We lost Dane Evans to retirement. And so we'll see what's out there as, as free agency hits. We'll be open on, open on that. Um, and then what, then we'll kind of see where, I don't know, I don't see us being huge players, but you know, we'll, we'll look at all positions, whether that's uh, if we can pick up a running back or receiver, a DB or, or whatever that is, we'll always be open for business. Um, but we're definitely focusing on signing our own people. We have about probably six guys to go still to, to resign of our own free agents. So we'll, we'll cross that bridge first and then we'll see, see how many of those guys we've signed. And then once, uh, free agency CFL free agency hits we'll uh we'll see where we are at that point when it comes to the draft um are there any programs that you like to look at more than others um as far as schools mm -hmm. uh not necessarily I think you're looking for good players it's uh I've been in the CFL now since gosh 23 years or something which is crazy to me but just the difference of the youth sports of um, the coaching, the players, the organization, how much ready, how much more ready the, the guys are when they come to the combine, just, just ready to go. It's, it's remarkable how far it's come in the last, I would say 20 years, but even the last 15 years, the last 10 years, it's been, it's been fun to watch that, uh, that grow. Um, and so um, we're, we really don't look to a program. We're going to look for, for good players and, um, you know, more and more of the teams have them. So uh, that's, that's part of the fun of doing these uh, combines and, and the homework of trying to figure out um, who we should be drafting. And every year that's important because those guys are always going to be uh, contributors. What does combine week look like for you? Um, well, I just got back from the kicking combine that was down in San Diego. So they separated the kickers out, which was, a, which was a good idea to put it in decent weather where you can see guys kick. And so, um, that just occurred in San Diego and then in Winnipeg will be the main combine, which is basically for everybody except the kickers. Mm. And, um, so those are two really big events. It's great to interview these guys i really like interviewing and talking to guys and kind of seeing what makes them tick see what they're all about um you know we go off game film first as far as their abilities but it's always good to get an insight into what you know why a guy wants to play football what his motivations are all those all those different things are the are fun part of the process of uh of uh, learning about these guys so and i and i like we've got we've expanded the combine last year we made it where there's more football type practices and there's a coach from each CFL team working with these guys. So you really get to see how they work um, in the classroom, how they learn the concept, how they can take it to the field, all those different things. And I think it's good for the players too, because they get a, they get a, a, a thorough look and you hope that uh, people don't fall through the cracks. 
we look at, you know, we mentioned the re-signings of a lot of your big receivers. Um, there has been not really criticism, but talk that, you know, the run game in BC isn't as strong because you have, you know, we have um, Vernon Adams Jr. and his quick feet. With guys coming available this year, like William Stanback, AJ Ouellette, Kadeem Carey, is that something that you would look for to try to find that more um, veteran back? Yeah, we will be open for business on that. Like I said, we're never going to turn down good football players. And so um, number one is, which drives our coaches a little bit nuts, is we 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 are, we are like to pass the ball. And I tell our guys we shouldn't be afraid of that. We had Nathan Rourke ripping up the league. We had VA um, tearing it up. And so we shouldn't shy away if that's the best thing we do is throw the ball. Now, on the flip side, we want to be as strong as we can in the run game, too. And that goes to scheme, that goes to who's running the ball, that goes to blocking, all those different things. And so if we can bring someone in to improve, we will. Smoke Mizell was brand new to the the CFL last year. When he was healthy, we thought he was really good. Uh, He got banged up a couple times, but, um, you know, we still think he has room for improvement and growth. And at the same time, like you said, if there's a a proven person out there that we can – we can get we'll throw our hat in the ring and see what happens where does that offensive scheme come from because the receivers in bc like the quarterback like you have crazy good quarterbacks year over year but those receivers aren't scared to go up and get that ball you know doing like the 50 50 balls and you know the high point stuff like that where does that scheme come from because it's insane watching the receivers in bc yeah i appreciate our offensive staff um, and and Jordan of being open-minded. Um, sometimes coaches can say we're doing this and this is the way we're going to do it. And the players are going to fit the scheme and all that stuff and or fit the system. And I think our, our coaches are pretty open-minded. I like to think that they are and that we just want to, you know, use our play to our players' strengths. Um, we do have some, we've had really good playmakers over the last couple of years with our receivers. And also I think we've been bigger than average of the, of the, of CFL receivers. So it's not a requirement to be big, but if you just watch us in warmups or you look at us at practice, we have a pretty big crew. And um, when you mentioned things like 50, 50 balls, if you're, if you're five inches taller than the DB you're playing against, your odds should be pretty good. So um, we're not dead set on having big size, but I think it's a good, uh, it's a good, it's a good thing to have, especially if you're playing against, uh, you know, defensive backs that are, you know, five eight, five nine, five ten, even. So, um, but again, number one, it's a credit to our players for making the plays, and then I'm just glad, like I said, our our coaches are open to um, having an open mind and trying to trying to play to our players' strengths. With you know it coming up, you know there is free agency and all that stuff's happening right now. It's a large it's a large focus on a kind of kind of everything. But the other thing that's being talked about right now is the XFL USFL merger now becoming the UFL. Do you think that merger has been more positive for the CFL when it comes to having a bigger pool of available players? Well, yeah, just mathematics for sure. There's less less teams, less, you know, there's just more players on the market. So um, it's basically half the teams. I think there's eight teams left. And then I think if you're a player, um, just in general, I mean, you can't be sold, you know, that that league's going to be around forever. It's been in flux, the, you know, the last few years, it's kind of been a moving target as far as 
you know, what the teams are, what they're doing, how much they're paying, all those things. The CFL is a more known commodity. So I think that that has it going for it too. Mm -hmm. Um, People always talk about the business of football, which it is, it is a business, but at the same time, there is value and experience and having fan bases and tradition. And, you know, if you were a, a random player and you watched, you watched our playoff games last year in at BC place or in Winnipeg in the atmosphere, as opposed to a XFL playoff game, it's not, there's not even close as far as just having that whole experience. So Obviously, money and business is huge and the a big part of it, but I think there's also the that the, the just the experience the CFL can bring that you know other than the NFL, the the CFL is the only other other league that can can bring that uh, can bring that that tradition. Uh, early last year, I had owner Amar Do- uh, Deman on the show, and he was talking about you know the fan base and trying to get that exciting game day. You've been there for a couple of years, I guess, uh, pre Amar and now with him. What, how positive has it been year over year seeing the growth of the fan base? Excellent. I can't think. I was thinking we should all be thanking our lucky stars when Amar bought the team. Just he was local. Um, you could see from the start he was in it for the right reasons. He just wants it to be a successful part of the community. And, um, you know, he leads, he leads by example, which he just wants the BC Lions to be competitive. Um, and, you know, he obviously he wants to win it all, but he wants us to compete to win and to be a positive influence in the community. And we do that. I think from the, I don't work on the business side, but I just know from the people that have been around the BC Lions for a long time, I think it bred, you know, it was a breath of fresh air, just and some new, new life into it, some new ideas um all all those things the bc lions have been a big part of this community for a long time with uh you know so i'm not saying that but sometimes things get you just need a uh, a breath of fresh air is the best way to put it and it's been cool even if you're just a very casual cfl fan or very casual bc lions fan the thing you notice about if you drive around vancouver is um, the investment in advertising, you see the BC Lions on light posts, you see it on the Sky Train, you see it on buses, um, you hear people talking about the BC Lions, which is all, which is all good signs. As, and as you know, um, trying to get those, those people that are debating about whether to go to a CFL game or a BC Lions game, or those are the, those are the people you're after. And the Lions have definitely been trending up, um, in the Vancouver area the last couple of years, which has been great to see. And obviously that has a larger part to do with Amar. Uh, yeah. When I talked to Amar, so, I mean, full disclosure, I'm a huge lions fan. So I was able to finally see a game in BC place and the, the crowd, I mean, the game day atmosphere is like no other place I've seen a game in. Yeah, he does. He does a great job. I, I don't get to experience a lot because I'm working, but <laughs> yeah. I, he works so hard on the pregame outside of the stadium with tailgates and mm-hmm. bands. And then obviously you've seen the last couple of years, our home opener, he brings in a, you know, legit, cool a, a legit musical act each year. And, you know, that we've had the upper deck open again a few times each season. And, and for both playoff games, it's it's good. And I, I remember in the past of being on the visiting team and you play at BC place, especially in a playoff game and you can't hear and you got to use silent count and all that stuff. And I think we're back 
the BC Lions are back to that, which is which is uh, which is great to see. And um, it's going to be another big this you know big year this year, obviously with the Great Cup being here and um, touchdown Pacific and all those things. So I'm glad that BC Lions are really pushing the envelope and trying to do you know trying to keep keep pushing and keep moving forward. So with Touchdown Pacific coming up and, you know, it's against your former team, the Red Blacks as well in Victoria. And it's also Labor Day weekend, which BC rarely ever gets a chance to partake in. How do you think the Touchdown series has helped with fan growth and interaction? Yeah, I think it's good. I haven't, I have not personally participated in Touchdown Atlantic. I've always just missed it for some reason. So this will be my first time doing it. I went over there. Uh, for a tour when in the press conference when, when we announced it and just the amount of media there and the people talking about it was was real and I think I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a real event with real energy the Lions have never played a played a game on the island before so it's going to be a first on that front and um, that's been a big thing with Amar too is to to you know, we have the programs with buses and ferries of trying to get people from the island and from the interior to come to the to the lower mainland. So I think, you know, this is just another extension of that as we're committing to play one of, your, one of our home games on the island. So I think it's going to be a really good setup. It's close to downtown Victoria, so it's going to be very walkable, all those things. So I think it's going to be a pretty uh, pretty fun day. It might be difficult to see expansion happen in Victoria, but there is possibilities of other places. What are your thoughts or what do you see happening in regards to expansion for another team? Yeah, I mean, 10 teams would be great, right, for a lot of reasons. So I I have no uh, no say in that or no inside info, but, you know, you know the places where it could be. It could be in Halifax, they talk about that, or or Quebec City or wherever that is, but... 10 teams makes a, a sense for a lot of reasons, just from a balancing the East and West out and scheduling and, um, and there's room for growth. So you add another fan base, which, which would be a good thing. So I think we're all hoping that happens. I know, I know you got to do it the right way. I experienced it in Ottawa where um, I, I went there when it was, there was, it was, you know, no coaches, no players. So you had to trust that the ownership group and everything was doing it the right way. And they did it the right way in Ottawa. So Ottawa's proof that it can be, can be done. And, um, you know, I'm hoping for another repeat performance for that. All of us in the CFL are. Do you think somewhere going out as far as Halifax might be a bit of a travel issue for a team like BC? Yeah, uh, seven hour flight, four time zones. Come on. No, yeah. no, no yeah. big whoop. No, I think you can get it. You can get around it. Yeah. Um, you know, like if we played two games out east or something, just say, I mean, that the Vancouver Halifax would be the the big one, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a seven hour flight flying west. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and four time zones. But if you played, you know, if we played, just say you played Montreal and Halifax back to back and stayed out there or something like that, yeah. you could, I'm sure you could, sure there's ways to swing it where you could, uh, could uh, mitigate some of that. But, um, you know, Canada's a big country. When we fly back from playing Montreal, that's a five hour flight. And you're like, man, this is a this is a big country from coast to coast. So 
I'll uh, I'm, I'm, I'd be down with Halifax. I, I'd, I'd stay on the plane longer if we could add a tenth team. That tenth team that sounds good. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of fun, okay, you mentioned it earlier. We got the Grey Cup. It's being hosted in BC Place in November. Is that something that is talked about a lot during the year, or are you just really just focusing week after week and not really looking that far ahead? Yeah, we won't look that far ahead from a football point of view. Obviously, there's a bunch of planning going on Mm -hmm. on the business side and tickets and all that stuff. And are we excited about it being in Vancouver? Totally. Um, We're going to do anything we can to, to win the Grey Cup, but I always look at it. If we're not if we're not all in on the other years when it's not in Vancouver, then what are we doing? You know what I mean? So I always view it. I'm I'm doing everything I can each year to to win the Grey Cup. So is it special that it's in Vancouver? Absolutely. And but at the same time, we're we work hard to do whatever we can to win the Grey Cup, regardless of what city it's played in. Yeah, every year it's I mean, you guys the team looked amazing last year, and unfortunately it was it was Winnipeg again. Um <laughs> It's terrible if that happens. Do you, what, what is your plan trying to go into that, going into a team like BC in the West or a team like Winnipeg, sorry, in the West final? Yeah, well, we're, well, um, you know, that's been the hurdle the last two years was winning a playoff game in Winnipeg and they've been the, the cream of the crop of the CFL. And, um, you know, we just couldn't find quite a way to get, to get over the hump. I don't, um, is it frustrating? All that stuff, hundred percent. You know, when you don't win the Grey Cup, it's it's not what you want. At the same time, I don't view it as failure. I think we're on the right track. I think we're doing a lot of good things, and I think if we keep working at it, um, then we'll find a way to to get over the hump. But they're, you know, like I said, they're they've been the best team for a reason. They got a lot of veteran guys, and um, you know, be good to host a playoff game. So. The good news is if we're if we're complaining about losing West Finals, then we're ahead of where we were a few years ago. And at the same time, like I said, we wanna we wanna try to go win the whole thing. Oh yeah, of course. It's it's a much different conversation from like a few years ago when the playoffs weren't even a discussion to now. It's like, well, we automatic the BC is automatically in the West Final. I mean, it's it's a given almost. Well, yeah. Every <laughs> year's a new year, so yep. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't jinx things like that. No, just, no, uh, like no. I said, we, we, we really, we really, and, and this is actually true, is you need to focus on yourself and be as good as you can and and not worry about each other team as you want to, you want to get as good as you can and put yourself in a good position. And the West is always a, always a dogfight every year. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll get ready to go and see if we can get over the top. And football teams are like family and fun fact, Yes, you have a very, very famous father from the CFL, but your sister Molly is the director of football administration for the Calgary Stampeders for the past 11 years now. Is there a fun rivalry between the two of you every year? Yeah, there is. We're, <laughs> we're okay. We, we get along. Again, super proud of her. Talk about a woman living in, a, in the football world, and she works right in football ops, so she's you know dealing with the coaches and players and all that stuff all the time, so it's been fun to watch her stick with that and do that and like you said to be in one spot for 11 years is pretty impressive so you know good good for her for sure um it's I think it's more of a question of my parents who they're rooting for than uh <laughs> than my my sister we kind of roll with the punches but um the 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 matter of uh who my parents are cheering for so they don't always disclose that so we're just trying to keep peace in the family 
would there ever be an opportunity at some point where the two of you guys could work together? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's not, it's not imminent on the horizon right now. I know she really likes being part of Calgary and I know those guys. Well, I worked there and there are a lot of good, good people that have been there for a long time. So I know the Stampeders is a great place to work for her. And I really like where I'm working right now. And, but you know, football's a small world, especially the CFL and you never know what, what ends up happening, but um, you know, for right now we're doing our thing and we'll see what happens down the road. Yeah. So we're currently in the off season, you know, between league meetings and we also, you know, you're kind of in the, in that midpoint right now, you're still busy with re-signings, but what do you do to decompress before, after the season and before the busyness? Yeah. I think the slowest time is we're kind of just coming out of the slowest time. It's usually right over the holiday season where there's always something going on. You always have your phone and all that stuff. You try to take a couple of weeks over Christmas where things tend to tend to be at their slowest. Um, but it definitely picks up again. You know, like we've been working, trying to re-sign players, all that stuff. It's never as busy as the, as the uh, season, of course, where you're working seven days a week, but you try to take, you try to take time on the weekends when you can um, try to spend uh, time with family or friends or those things. I think it's important. And um, I always, we always talk about with the coaches and players is, uh, you know, being, being rested and being fresh is a big thing. So um, like I said, we're, we have this, this downtime that we're kind of starting to come out of and it gets, gets busier as it goes, but uh, um yeah, nothing, nothing specific hobby or anything. I like to get outside. I like to Vancouver's a great place, as, obviously, as far as hiking around and walks and riding bikes and all those things. There's a lot to do around Vancouver, so I appreciate um, living here and having all the stuff around the city to do. And I try to sneak up to to Whistler or Grouse Mountain or one of those a couple times in the off season too. So try try to do some non football things. I think's a good thing. When do you start preparing for a cam loops and training camp? We're already doing that. So we have to make sure everything's booked correctly. Um, I'm going through actually right now of doing our daily practice, um, our daily schedules. And uh, we get that into to where we're up in cam loops at, uh, at uh, Thompson Rivers University. And, you know, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that goes into it from meals to meeting rooms to, field times to all those things. And we, we try to get a lot of that out of the way early. And um, so that way we can really focus on football as we get into the spring and we're not trying to put out fires on, on trying to organize things. So that that's definitely already in play. And um, that's something, uh, something I've, I've already been working on. And, you know, I know you're a busy coach and I really appreciate you taking the time tonight. So last question what are you looking forward to most in 2024? Because there's so much happening with the BC Lions. Yeah, I, I, I'm just, it's fun to be excited about things. And it, it's fun to be excited that um, the BC Lions are in growth mode. That's not always true with every every football team, every organization. There's kind of some ebbs and flows sometimes. And it's just great to be. I'm glad we're doing things like Touchdown Pacific. We don't have to do that. I'm glad the BC Lions steps stepped up and wanted to do it so i'm happy to about things like that i'm super excited to see what amar's opening act is going to be for the home opener i'm glad i'm glad things like that are topics of discussion that's a good thing so 
we'll hope for uh, I'm hoping for like Pearl Jam or something this yeah. year. We'll see what he, we'll see what he comes up with this year. Well, yeah, Vancouver is just north of the grunge capital of the world. So, I mean, we got to see something, right? <laughs> so, there, so there you go. Exactly. Coach, thank you so much. It's been an honor speaking with you tonight. And like I said, I'm a huge Lions fan. So having you on tonight is just fantastic for me. And, you know, I can't wait to see what BC does this year. Yeah, well, thanks for talking BC Lions football and talking CFL and all that. It's been fun. So thanks. That was our conversation with Coach Rick Campbell coach and co-general manager of the BC Lions. Special shout out and thank you to Matt Baker, the manager of communications and content for setting this up and allowing us to have some time tonight with coach. Matt, thank you so much. That is it for us this week. You can find us on Instagram, X, and threads at Around the CFL Podcast. And you can listen to our show on Apple, Amazon, iHeart, or anywhere else to get your podcasts from. Don't forget to head over to Millions and check out our brand new merch store where we have a lot of new designs up and everything is available now. Also, if you're loving our show, we have a brand new podcast that I just launched called the 12th Man NFL Podcast. If you like this one and you like some NFL football, head over there and check that one out. That is also available anywhere podcasts are found. Well, that is it for us this week and we'll see you later. (laughs) 